This is the Chicken Yogi Show, hosted by the Chicken Yogi, Kit Kilstow. Kit creates neurodivergent and chronic illness liberation through a devotion to radical free-range wellness. Look for wellness as unique as you are and find your own path with the Chicken Yogi way. Learn more and receive a free gift when you subscribe to their newsletter at chickenyogi.com. And now, today's show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Chicken Yogi Show. I'm your host, Kit Kilstow, and this week we're going to talk about the concept of safety as it relates to wellness, because there's two things that I really want to get across in this week's episode. The first is Maslow in his hierarchy of needs really didn't have it right. And the second thing I want to talk about is that the truth is you can't have holistic wellness without safety. And in fact, one of the reasons why I talk about radical wellness is because I believe it is a radical act to think that you need safety in order to have wellness and that you deserve safety. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about what exactly is safety, what um, areas of the wellness wheel does that encompass, which, spoiler alert, it encompasses all of them, but also why you really can't have holistic wellness without safety. So let's talk about Maslow. The hierarchy of needs that's taught in every Psychology 101 textbook is a pyramid, and at the bottom is supposedly your most basic needs. And the way that Maslow defined those basic needs are the physiological needs, Food, water, warmth, and rest. And so that, you know, on one hand, that makes sense. If you're not taking care of your body's direct physical needs, you can't go on to talk about safety, belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. You simply can't get beyond those basic needs. But you have to actually have safety in order to take care of those physiological needs. So the fact that safety needs were put above physiological needs, I feel like is really, you know, that, that's putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. Because let's think about this. At the most basic level, if you are not safe, if you are not physically safe, for example, the current situation in Ukraine, if you cannot go out and purchase food, if you cannot work to earn money to purchase food, then you cannot meet that physiological need of food. If your house is in danger of being hit by a bomb, then your shelter and warmth needs are not going to be able to be met. And likewise, if you're in a war zone, you're not going to be able to rest. And so at the most basic level, you cannot meet those physiological needs until you have some measure of safety. Well, what about if you're not in a war zone? So here in the U.S., think about the thousands and millions of people who are food insecure, whether they're children, adults, senior citizens. There are lots of people, more than you probably think, that are food insecure, well, if are they safe? In other words, 
are they safe to the point where they can go out into their neighborhoods to purchase food? Are they safe as far as being in a safe working environment, which when you think about COVID and the pandemic and the threats that people who work in low-wage, frontline-type jobs face, are they safe that way in order to make food, make money for food? When you think about people who are unhoused, well, they can't rest because they are unhoused. They are not safe. They are often in danger of losing what shelter they have. They're in danger of having their belongings taken. Think about clean running water. We've heard about Flint, Michigan. We've heard about um, Mississippi. We've heard about plenty of places where the water simply isn't clean to drink. They are not safe to drink the water. So those physiological needs tie directly into safety. And so if people are not safe, they cannot pursue those physiological needs. So that's why I say Maslow has it wrong. That that hierarchy of needs, while I get where he's coming from with the physiological needs as the bottom of the pyramid, the truth is you need some measure of safety in order to achieve those physiological needs. And while we could think about it as far as, you know, that was made a long time ago, clearly income inequality, food insecurity, those things were not as widespread back then as they were. Now, on the other hand, we've had wars for generations. People have gone hungry for generations. There's been famine. And so I feel like that the hierarchy of needs just really oversimplifies things. So let's pivot now and let's tie that into wellness. It helps when we're talking about wellness to keep Maslow's hierarchy of needs in mind. And that's why I mentioned it first. It also helps to think about the fact that that is rather simplistic and we've covered that. So what do I mean when I say safety? Ideally, Every single human being on this planet deserves complete and total safety, physical safety, safety from physical harm. That means safety from assault, safety from attack, safety from theft, safety from sexual assault, sexual harassment, safety from discrimination, emotional safety. So all of those physical safety threats that people experience in varying degrees, there's been a lot of talk, for example, most people who identify as women, people who identify as trans, we experience different safety needs than a cis hetero male. Because whether you're trans and that's trans masculine or trans feminine or trans non-binary, wherever you are on that gender spectrum, if you are trans, if you identify as a woman, there is a threat of physical danger and that has to be acknowledged. And that needs to be acknowledged in wellness spaces. And I'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. But also there's the emotional safety. So you deserve, every human being deserves not to be harassed, not to be teased, not to be belittled, yelled at, put down, treated as a lesser person. 
You deserve to have your feelings seen and honored. You deserve to have your feelings believed. You deserve to be heard and witnessed. And all of that goes into emotional safety. There's also wellness safety. And the safety part for wellness and for the wellness wheel is that you deserve not to have your wellness practices threaten your mental, physical, or emotional health. Full stop. And so when we think about people who are trans, people who are assigned female at birth, or people who identify as female, as non-binary, transmasculine, there's a good chance not only is there the fear of physical violence if you say go to a gym, or if you go somewhere, if you're in a park getting your daily exercise in, there's also the fear of emotional violence. For example, you may be treated as if you're not a reliable narrator of your own story in these wellness spaces. And you're treated, and I'm going to get a little more general here, but I'm thinking of especially the diet and restricted eating spaces. And I will put a trigger warning on this episode because I feel like that this is something I don't talk too much about diets or eating plans, but it's certainly something that's there. And the big thing that I remember, I lost over 90 pounds on Weight Watchers back in the early 2000s. And the big thing I remember was basically being told that I was fat because the way I was eating was wrong. And so if you are constantly told by your health and wellness professional that, no, you're wrong, you have to learn how to do it right according to what they say, you are not safe because you are being treated as if you don't know what your own body needs. Now, there are, you know, my eating habits, and it goes into poverty, it goes into being autistic, my eating habits are kind of crap. I don't buy a lot of things from the fruit and vegetable aisle, um, for various reasons. I eat radishes, I eat baby carrots sometimes, green beans, um, salads, but, you know, experimenting with different vegetables is not something that I do. And again, that has to do with my disability, that has to do with being neurodivergent, that has to be, you know, there's all sorts of safety issues there with that too. And so if your health and wellness professional is treating you as if you don't know how to manage your own body and what works for you and what situations you're dealing with. For example, do you live in a food desert? Do you live in an area where all you can do is shop at Walmart? You know, that sort of thing. If you're being treated that way, you're not being treated as safe within the wellness space. I have talked a lot about the wellness wheel. I love the wellness wheel. Because the wellness wheel, to me, makes it so easy to break things down. We have physical, we have emotional, we have occupational, social, spiritual, environmental. You know, you could just go right around the wheel there with that. And if you think about that, you need to have safety in all of those sectors. Yes, you know, Maslow basically talked about safety in the physical sector, shelter, clothing, food. That's physical safety. But I mentioned it earlier, you need safety at work. And so part of that occupational wellness and finding that safety is being safe where you work and finding out how you work best that creates that safety. Because not everybody is safe working for an employer. 
not every employer is going to do what they say, even if they claim that they're a good employer or good people or a good company. Um, the, there are stories that I could probably do months of podcasts on that. Um, I got a little off track and a little heated there, so I apologize. But that's it's important to me. It's very important to me. But when you think about that wellness wheel, you know, even in your spiritual area, you deserve safety, emotional and physical safety from your spiritual community. It doesn't matter what you believe, if you're agnostic, if you're atheist, if you're kind of just, you know, I don't believe in a sky god, but I believe that we're part of a larger universe and the universe is vast and wonderful, kind of a, a Carl Sagan spirituality. Um I don't actually know if Carl Sagan was a, was a religious man or an atheist, so my apologies if I got that wrong. But to me, he's always been kind of a cosmos spirituality where you see that we are just a very tiny part of a larger universe. And so you deserve safety there. You deserve not to be abused by your clergy. You deserve not to be exploited by your clergy. If there are bad actors within your spiritual community instead of saying, oh, well, everybody knows to stay away from them. Why don't you take some action and make it safe for other people? So radical wellness means that we are actively taking action and making the world a safer place for everybody so everybody can find the kind of wellness where they thrive. Because the truth is, you cannot have radical wellness unless you have safety. I'm going to say this again. You can't have radical wellness unless you have safety. And at this point in the show, you might be saying, but Kit, how does your job impact whether you're safe or not in your wellness? How does knowing that there might be clergy or high priests and high priestesses out there that are exploiting people, how does that relate to wellness? It gets back to the wellness wheel. If any part of the wellness wheel is flat, if you take those little puffy air pillows and turn them kind of into a circle, you know, you, you, got, you got something that resembles a flotation device. That's actually a great metaphor. I like that. So that is a flotation device. And so we all have our wellness flotation devices on, even if we can't physically see them. You know, people talk about your bubble or your energy space. And if you work with horses a lot, one of the terms that a big trainer out there uses is hula hoop. Um, the you know you stay in your hula hoop the horse stays out of your hula hoop so that's my that's you know that's my frame of reference for the wellness wheel my wellness wheel is my hula hoop there are times that i will bring others into my wellness wheel into my hula hoop there are times you know like when the horses are running around like silly things in the field because the wind is blowing I don't want them in my hula hoop because they could inadvertently hurt me while they're running around and bucking and snorting and just acting, you know, all sorts of exuberant because the wind is blowing. I don't want to get hurt because the wind is blowing. So I will stay on the other side of the fence and I will watch them and I will laugh and I'll make sure, you know, that they stay safe. But I will also stay safe and not let them in my wellness wheel or let them in my hula hoop. 
So we let people into our wellness space. We let our spouses, our family members, our children, the people we work with, our friends, even the people you interact with online or in social media. You let these people into your space and into your wellness wheel. And so if you do that and they do not treat you safely, they do not treat you with tender care or even just respectful care. It doesn't have to be all lovey-dovey, but if, you know, if they don't respect you as an equal, say, for example, in a work situation or in a social media situation, we all know how heated those can get. If you're not treated as an equal at whether respected or tendered or loved or whatever that relationship calls for, they're not respecting your boundaries. They are not keeping you safe. And so if you can't have that relationship, if, for example, the nutritionist or the eating plan or the weight loss system is going to come at you and say, you need to relearn everything because what you know about eating is wrong, they have already disrespected your boundaries because instead of saying, let me show you some things that I think are good and then you can implement them as they work for you. And I do believe, I, I am not a Weight Watchers groupie by any stretch of the imagination, but I do believe having um, looked at some of their current plans, I think they're a little bit better about this than they used to be. But back in the early 2000s, it was pretty much, you need to learn how to eat. Oh, look, buy all of our food. And like Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig, all of those, I think, kind of fall into those same, same lines. I am not endorsing anybody. And I am also not currently on nor looking at being on Weight Watchers again. I had my success by restricting myself, by being unhealthy about it, by being unsafe about it. I didn't eat any meal over four points. I lost a whole bunch of weight. And as soon as I went, okay, I think I can, you know, I think I can start to be respect, you know, responsible about this. And I went back to my old ways. There, there were things that I needed to learn and I needed to do. And I also things that I needed to realize about myself, like, Hey, I'm autistic. There's a reason why I went, very restrictive and this is what we're going to do and these are the rules with this you know all of that plays a role and I'm getting a little bit off track although I do think I'm going to do a whole podcast talking about my experience as a non-diagnosed autistic person on Weight Watchers um, but you know if we don't have that kind of safety if if that system doesn't treat us as you know, adults capable of making responsible decisions instead of giving us, you know, okay, these are the foods, this is what this is what you can eat, this is what you can eat, or this is what you can eat, but then you basically have blown your budget for the week and you know, no no more good, you know, no more treats for you. Um that doesn't introduce us to safety. That doesn't create us and make us safe. And we need that radical safety for wellness because for many of us, and, and I'm going to, you know, throw myself right here into this arena that, you know, many of us have been very badly hurt by the current health and wellness structures, whether that's people with a chronic illness that have been thoroughly dismissed by their doctors, you know, the dreaded everything is normal. The, whether it's those of us who have fallen into disordered eating because that's what we were told we had to do in order to lose weight. 
um, whether we have been hurt by gurus or by people pushing fads or um, people pushing proprietary powders and shakes and things that you're supposed to do. Um, there's a lot of us that have been hurt by a lot of people in the wellness wheel. Or I'm sorry, by a lot of people in the wellness space. And so because of this, it means that we need to really be mindful of the safety that we're providing, not just to ourselves, but also to others. We need to be mindful of how we're sharing information about wellness to ensure that we're empowering and uplifting and not telling somebody that they're doing it wrong. So I think that if we start looking at wellness from a place of, you know, does this make me safe? Does this, in, does this enhance my wellness wheel? Does this improve it? And is it doing that in a safe way? I think when we start doing that, then we're going to start to care for ourselves a little bit more, especially those of us who have been told, you know, that you're doing it wrong or that you don't know what you're doing or, you, you're, you know, you're not eating well, that sort of thing. Most of us who have disordered eating patterns know that our eating is disordered, for example. <laughs> when I was a um, vegetarian in my 20s, I literally only ate like five things. So yeah, most of us who know, we know, we know, honey. You know, we, we're what we're looking for, especially those of us with same foods, we're looking for a way to take what we know and maybe adjust it or tweak it a little bit in a way that works for us. Um, those of us who use food for emotional regulation, eating as, a, as an autistic stem, if you eat to regulate your emotions, and that for a lot of us was the only way we could regulate our emotions because bursting into tears, crying, having a meltdown just simply was not allowed. You, you still can eat. You still can do that, but it helps to have that knowledge. Okay, this is what I'm doing. And it also helps to be safe so you can explore other ways of regulating your emotions. So safety goes through everything. Safety is at the heart of wellness. And so when we think about that, I just, I, I could probably go on for another hour. Um, but I, I think I'm going to wrap it up here and just say that the wellness wheel itself is a place to cultivate and inspire safety. It is a place to create safety for ourselves so we can hold space and extend safety to others. And I think that's a really wonderful place to end it. If you would like to learn more about me or my work, I encourage you to check out chickenyogi.com. Please subscribe to this podcast anywhere where you like to get your podcasts. Um, you can learn more at podcast.chickenyogi.com. And I love to hear from you. If something that I said in this episode resonated with you, please tell me. If you disagree with me, please respectfully tell me. Please be respectful about it. But I welcome, you know, I welcome to, to hear alternate points of view or how has safety impacted your wellness. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to crow and flow. And definitely don't forget to be kind to yourself. Thank you for listening to The Chicken Yogi Show, hosted by The Chicken Yogi, Kit Kalestow. Kit's passion is creating neurodivergent and chronic illness liberation through a devotion to radical free-range wellness. 
We're not one-size-fits-all people, so why should your wellness be designed for everyone? Learn more at chickenyogi.com and subscribe to the newsletter while you're there for a free gift. Please follow the podcast at podcast.chickenyogi.com. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Music is Running with the Horses by Purple Planet Music. Their website is purple-planet.com. This show is copyright 2023. All rights reserved by Kit Kalesto and Chicken Yogi. Thank you for listening.